Father God, we give you thanks for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Um, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you want to do a work in each and every one of our minds and our hearts. And uh, we, we are here this morning to tell you that we are open for you to do that work uh, in every single area of our lives, God. That there is no area that is uh, untouchable, but we surrender. We open up all of our life to you, Jesus. And so we thank you in advance for uh, what you're going to do, Lord. And uh, I ask that you would stand in this, my body, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Say to us in this house those things that you would have us know in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, uh, anger today. And I thought it was funny because, you know, I'm a laid back kind of guy. <laughs> but this week I had multiple opportunities to get angry about things. And the last one happened just yesterday. Um, you know, one of the things that I cannot stand is just wasting time for like no reason. And so yesterday, uh, kids weren't, you know, weren't feeling great. They needed to get lunch. And there was this particular spot. I'm like, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab this pizza, this particular place and, and we'll be good to go. I called ahead of time. And, um, and so, but it was, a. I get there and when I get there, there's a big line in the pizza place. There's a big, big line. And I say, oh, you know, I, I kind of skip ahead. Um, and I say, hey, you know, I called ahead. Uh, and and, and I, I was literally just asking because I figured they would probably want me to make the line. It was one of those pizza places in the mall. Um, why did we call and order the pizza in the mall? Because it's what we like closest to us. <laughs> and so, so there I am. I'm with Daniel. I'm with Sarah. I actually have the stroller because I was giving Amy a break because she gave me a break the night before. And so uh, she was resting at home. So I had the three kids. And so I am there with the stroller. And I say to the lady, oh, you know, do you need me to make the line? Or, or I, I ordered for pickup. I was like, oh, that's you. And then she looks at me and very forcefully, very strong, no, no, you have to make the line because all these people are like, and I'm like, wait a second. I didn't say I was going to skip the line. I was just asking you. And I started getting furious. And I'm just like, I was so mad that for one second I thought, I don't care. We ordered the pizza. I can see it's right there. We are leaving. The only reason I didn't leave is because my kids looked at me like, we're hungry, Dad. We're waiting. I'm like, oh, so I'm t this is huge line. So you, you ever get in that, those situations where you're just upset about something? And then, and then I have to sit there and wait. And like the more I wait, the, I could just feel the anger arising inside of me. And... Um, and uh, one of the guys was trying to be helpful, I think, but he's like, he's like, oh, we're, you know, we're sorry we had to wait, but, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted him to know, I wanted her to know. I mean, I wasn't trying to skip the line. I was just saying that, if, yeah, yeah, no, no, but all we want is positivity here. No negativity. We don't want any negativity. We want positivity. And as every word that he said, it just made me angrier. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my goodness, Lord Jesus. I was just, and so about halfway through the line, I'm like, the kids are there. They're frustrated. They're waiting. And I had a revelation from above. Now, I don't know which thought came first, but at some point I said, you know what? I should pray for these people because I was so frustrated. I really should pray for them because this is not getting me anywhere. And I also thought, and I'm preaching about anger tomorrow, so I probably need to address, <laughs> address this. And so I literally started praying for them. I was like, Lord, bless this these people. That's this lady who spoke to me like that. You love her. 
And little by little, you know, when you start, it's hard to stay angry with a person if you start praying for them genuinely. And so now I was still like, I had to restrain myself, like, you know, and when I got there, the lady like had just completely changed and she was like the sweetest, uh, you know, we're so sorry that you had to wait. I just, you know, uh, but here it is and whatever. And to make a long story short, um, I had to order drinks and I was, I didn't want to order anything else. I'm like, I don't want to give these people one more cent because I was so upset. But in the middle of my prayer and that time, I, I was like, I had to get a drink for the kids and myself. And, and, and here's what happened. By the time that ended, the lady gave me free drinks. <laughs> And we both smiled, and we and I even complimented their place. I mean, it was like, what is happening with me? Because I said, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's been so busy. I'm like, oh, your pizza is that good. That's why, you know, people, and, you know, we, we laughed, and it's like, all right. Like, we were like best buds after, at the end, you know. And I was just thinking, well, it's just so amazing, you know, how, how quickly things can change. If I would have allowed my anger to just stay and grow by the time I got there boom but just in one moment if I just open myself up to Jesus for just one second he changes things and he even threw in free drinks for goodness sake praise be to God amen well that's the message thank you for coming no, I'm just kidding <laughs> we're going to talk about anger today this is the sermon on the mount I'm sorry for those who got really excited when I just said that was it. You know, sorry, Julia, you're going to have to stick with me for a few more minutes. But if you open up your Bibles in Matthew chapter 5 or look in the notes, I am going to be jumping around to a couple of uh, different texts. But uh, if you actually, if you have a Bible uh, and you want to follow along t with this text, you can. But also Genesis chapter 4, I think, is what I'm going to be reading in conjunction with today. Okay. And so Jesus continues the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about... Um, he's talking about what the blessed life is. He talked about being salt and being light. And last week we talked about how Jesus says that the law and the prophets, the Old Testament matters to him, that it, he is the fulfillment of that. And so he goes on, and now what he's going to start talking about, you guys, is practical stuff. Say practical. Practical stuff. Like, I don't know about you, but I like theories. I like philosophy, but I love practicality. Say practical. Amen? And so now he's going to talk about some practical stuff, and he's going to start with this particular issue. And here's where he goes. Chapter 5, verse 21 says this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. There's an interesting uh, little story in the Old Testament, by the way. When the people of Israel... Uh, we're getting the land, the promised land. The Bible says that God told Moses to create these cities called cities of refuge. And here's the deal. If Rosina was talking to me and she accidentally hit me with something and I dropped dead accidentally, my family would be angry with her, right? But here's what the city of refuge would do. She could run to that city of refuge and nobody could touch her in the city of refuge and she could wait until the trial until there was an official trial so nobody could just uh, take revenge on her there was so that they would go to the city of refuge so that there could be a judgment and that's what it's talking about here you have heard that it was said to the people on go you shall not murder and anyone who murders or kills somebody will be subject to judgment you know back in the day you could run to a city of refuge these days, everybody understood murder is a pretty high thing, right? 
everybody always talks about, you know, I've never murdered anyone. That's the first thing that people t- tell me all the time when they talk about their status with God. I've never killed anybody. Well, praise God you haven't killed anybody. That's good. Jesus preaching in each section of this most famous sermon began by stating people's assumed truths. Their assumed truths. That's the first filling. It began by stating people's assumed truth. The truth that they assume are right. Well, of course, if murder happens, then a trial has to come. But then Jesus says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. I'm going to read that again. But I tell you, are you, are you there? Is that, is that correct? Uh, which, which one? I'm sorry. Oh, so, so, so the first feeling, is, is that correct, by the way? I don't know if it is correct. Yeah. So Jesus preaching in each section of his most famous sermon began by stating people's assumed truths. There's just no line. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you for, for letting me know that. And I'll, I'll, make, I'll try to make a note to that for the second. So it's assumed, there's just no line there. There's no line. Okay. Is there lines for the other ones, by the way? There is. Okay, cool. All right. So, but, so then Jesus says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, I want you to, I want you to follow this because this is, say, practical. This, these are practical tools that Jesus has given us. He's saying, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, don't murder anybody. Don't kill anybody. She's just a pizza lady. Don't kill her, please. Right? Don't murder. Anyone who murders, but I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Notice what happens. Jesus comes in and brings what people knew was the murder level. Jesus is placing what at that same level? Anger. Anger. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, which is like an insult, is answerable to the court. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So he contrasts the assumed truths of the people with, but I say. So he takes the, the assumed truths of what people know, and they say, but I say. And here's a good, a good practice for you and for me. You and I have some assumed truths whether it's because of our family upbringing or what we know about the United States. We have all kinds of different assumed truths. And maybe some of it might be biblical. But Jesus today uh, wants to insert himself in the conversation and say, but I say. Say, but I say. And that's what Jesus says. But I say anyone who is angry with his brother or sister. So he contrasts the assumed truths of the people with what he says. So I want you to notice this progression from being angry to insulting, to attacking people's dignity, and listen, identity. That's the next villain. People's dignity and identity. So what Jesus is saying here, he says, you have to be very careful because I want you to, I want you to understand there is a, a progression to your anger and to mine. It goes from being angry to allowing that anger to come out and start insulting people, and then eventually to actually start speaking and denigrating them, 
they're inventing their identity. When somebody says, you fool, it's almost like you feel it on the inside. It's you're, you're, you're declaring something about the other person. Uh, there's a famous uh, story in famous movies uh, that where, where someone, uh, you, you're familiar, if you're familiar with Star Wars, Star Wars, the, the powerful thing in Star Wars is called the what? Anybody know? The Force, right? And then there's uh, the good side of the Force, and then there's the what? The dark side of the Force. And in, in one of these uh, Jedi Masters at one point was trying to explain what was the seduction? What was it about the dark side of the Force that w what it led to? What the progression was? You know, you and I, I, you don't get to murder in one second. You get something happens inside of you, and then it starts coming out of you, and then you act on it because it's a progression. Say progression. Amen? And so here's this famous man helping us, saying the same thing. I think they probably stole it from the scriptures. But here they are. Do you have that? Uh, make sure the volume is all the way up. If, if it works. It does. Okay, great. Go ahead and play that. This is Master Yoda. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Fear. Thank you. <laughs> As I was preparing this message, I was thought, oh my goodness, I think I've heard this before. It's Yoda, of course. Uh, and so, you know, everybody needs a little more Yoda in their lives. But here's what he's saying. He's saying sometimes our fears lead to anger. And that can be fear, insecurity. Somebody said something a certain way. Do you know that I know people that are so insecure that anything I say to them, they take negatively and they get angry about it. But it has nothing to do with what I'm saying. It has to do with the fear inside them. And Yoda says here, the scriptures are, 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 are giving us a progression. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. And, and here's what uh, the scripture says, right? The scripture says, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Anyone who says to his brother, Raka, insult is answerable to the court. It's a public thing. But then that becomes something else. Anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of getting a slap on the wrist. Is that what Jesus says? Will be in danger of what? What does it say there? The fire. I mean, think about this. Jesus is saying, you better be very careful how you deal with anger. Because when your anger, which leads to hate, and then it leads to other things, and you start insulting other people's identity. And here's why Jesus takes it seriously. The Bible says that God created men and women in whose image? In the image of God. So when I say to someone else, you are this, you are a fool, or you are filling whatever insult, and you say it out of hatred and anger in your heart. Jesus says, be very careful because you are insulting a son or a daughter that I made. And when you do that out of anger and out of hate and you let that kind of rile inside of you, you are actually in danger of hellfire. So Jesus says, be careful. Well, I, I'm, just, I'm just an angry person. Okay, that's fine. You can be an angry person. God, I bring you my anger, and I put it before you. Help me. Give me strength. Just like I was on that pizza line, I could have allowed the, I'm just so angry. Lord, help me. I give it to you. 
There's an interesting thing about anger because anger, when people are angry, they feel like they have a superpower. When people are angry, they feel there's something that happens all over your body and your blood cells and your, your heart's pumping in a different way. You just feel angry. Jesus says, as Yoda says, it's the path to the dark side. And so be careful. The scripture goes on to say this. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Then come and offer your gift couple of uh, quick things about the severity of anger. You know that in the, in the story of Israel, Moses was told at one point, I want you to speak to a rock and water will come out. Anybody ever talk to a rock and water come out? That hasn't happened with me, okay? God to- told Moses, speak to the rock and water will come out. But Moses was so frustrated with the people of Israel, he was so angry, and he was just resentful and upset. Instead of speaking to a rock, he grabbed the stick. Do you know what he did? He hit the rock. He struck it in anger. And here's what happened. Water still came out of the rock and, and gave drink to all the people of Israel. But do you know what happened as a result of that moment of anger for Moses? Do you know what his penalty was for being angry and showing it in front of everybody? Anybody know? He was, say what? He could not enter the promised land. Because in a moment where God said to him, I want you to speak, he acted in anger. Boom. And that kept him out. You know, I've always thought to myself, God, that's kind of rough. I mean, this guy's gone through so much stuff, and he's, he's led the people of Israel and done all these things. But that's how seriously, listen, this is how seriously God takes out-of-control anger. And so, Jesus, help us. We need you. Another really... Uh, um, um, scripture, if you can put this up there, if you can, it's, it's found in Ephesians chapter 4, Edie, verse 25 through 27. This is just to, to, uh, to augment, to emphasize what I'm trying to say here. Here's what it says. Ephesians 4, 25, 26, and 27. Here's what it says. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Stop lying, please. <laughs> That's what he's saying. For we are all members of one body. And here's what it says. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. You know what a foothold is, right? You know, if you're trying to close the door and somebody sticks their foot in there, you can't close it all the way. And if it's just a little bit open you're in trouble because if it's just a little bit open and there's water coming or something coming, it's it's all going to come in. Do not give the devil a foothold. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And so whether this is for you or for someone that you know or somebody that struggles with anger, this is a great day to say, Lord, would you help me? Would you help my friend? Would you help my family member? God, help us 
to not allow anger, let the sun go down while we are still angry. And this is serious enough, he goes on, to say, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. By the way, when you're bringing a gift on the altar, who's the gift for? It's the Lord. It's to God. And I'm wondering this. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, God, I'll give you everything. I'm, I'm bringing this, this gift to you. And there, while you're at the altar of God, you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, say first. Say it again. First. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Wow. God says, before you give me a gift, go take care of this. Powerful story. Uh, Cain and Abel. Um, I think it's Genesis chapter 4. And again, if you have your Bible, you can follow along with me. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Genesis 4, 1 through 8. Is, here's what it says. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Adam and Eve are who? Anybody sound familiar? Adam and Eve are the first humans, right? The first ones ever. So Adam and Eve, they came together, they had a baby, and they, they named him Cain. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Abel kept flocks. That means he was a shepherd. And Cain worked the soil. That means he was an agriculture. He was a farmer. Are you with me? Abel was a shepherd. Cain was a farmer, an agricultural farmer. Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Remember? We just read, therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar. So here's Cain. He brings some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel, his little brother, also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So, so Cain brings of the ground, and Abel brings of the, the, the cattle, right? The, 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 the sheep that he had, the cows that he had, whatever. He brought that to, the, to God. And here's what it says. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now, some people have said, why? Why? And I don't have too much time to get into that today, but here's some insight into it. The scripture says that Cain um, brought some of the fruits of the soil. And Abel also brought an offering, but he brought fat portions. Say fat portions. Now, that what that means is the best. He brought some of the best stuff with him, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So he gave the best that he had. Cain brought some from what he had. Abel brought the best. Are you with me? And so that gives us some insight into why uh, one was accepted and why wasn't. But it says here, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. I don't know if you had siblings, but growing up with siblings, at least I did, there was always a comparison game. I, I always compared myself to my older brother, and there was always, there was always 
okay, you get this. I still remember one day we got uh, uh, toys, and, uh, you know, we would always compare, well, who got the best toy? Or which, you know, if we got, let's say, a Star Wars toys, who, which one got the better character? And we would always compare. And, and it, we wanted the, the best stuff for us. We wanted m the, uh, mommy and daddy's love. We wanted grandpa and grandma's love. We wanted the best for us. Here Cain feels rejected. Abel, God was pleased with, uh, with Abel's offering, but not Cain. So here's what it says. So Cain was very angry. Say angry. Cain was very angry. And some would say, well, maybe he should be angry because his offering is not being accepted by God. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? And again, this is another insight into that story. Somehow what Cain was doing was just taking whatever he had and just bringing it to God almost like haphazardly. But if you do what is right, your offering earlier was not accepted, Cain. But if you do what is right, you will be accepted. Why, is, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Another version says you must master it. And here's it's an, a word of encouragement to you and to me. It is possible for you and I to rule or master sin in Christ. Amen? We can overcome whatever temptations are coming. Even all the way back at the beginning, Cain and Abel, God is saying, you must rule over sin. Don't let it get to you. Cain, I know you're angry, but if you change things, if you start doing the right things, I'm going, you're going to be accepted. Don't allow your anger to get you into trouble. Did Cain listen to God? Here's what Scripture says. Now, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and what? and killed him. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. And Jesus says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Jesus somehow knew that before we do crazy things out here, it starts in here. In anger, when I'm angry, I will say things that 10 seconds before that moment of anger, I would have thought I would never say something like that. But I, in anger, I've been known to say really mean things. I know that seems impossible to you, but it's true. <laughs> right? Anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, you're dumb, you're stupid, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. That's a serious... But if you start having hatred in your heart and you actually start attacking someone's dignity and identity you fool be careful you're in danger of the fire of hell therefore because that is true 
If you are offering your gift at the altar like Cain or like Abel, and there you remember that someone has something against you. Maybe Cain was angry before they brought the offerings. We don't know. Maybe he was he had some sibling rivalry. We don't know what was going on. But before you give to God, God will come down to you and to me and say, hey, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, don't you understand you'll be accepted? This is an important moment. When you have an opportunity for anger, it's an important moment. What will you choose to do? Will you surrender to God and say, Jesus, I need your help. Give me self-control. Give me your love for people. For me, yesterday at the pizza place, God, help me to pray for them. And by the time we ended, not only had we prayed and kind of become chummy a little bit, but you, you know, there was a blessing there too. I got free drinks. But it started with something happening in my heart. It starts with a heart. Jesus declares that reconciliation with people, here's the next villain, opens the door for reconciliation with God. Jesus declares that reconciliation with people opens the door for reconciliation with God. Why am I not connecting with God? How is your relationship with people? When Pastor Joanne went to be with the Lord, the one lesson that God taught me over any other lesson was the most important thing that human beings could do in their lives is have peace with God and have peace with people. Peace with God and peace with people. When you die, I'm not going to care about all the angry things I had with you. If I die, it doesn't matter. If you die, it doesn't matter. So settle matters today. And the scripture then goes on and says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last the last penny the last penny uh, I want you to just think about this do you like solving issues quickly now one of the things that has happened uh, in the last year uh, with the encouragement of some of our brothers and sisters here in the church is I've learned a little bit more about something called the Enneagram which is basically a study of people's personalities and one of the things that I have found about myself is that I'm a peacemaker say peacemaker now, you don't have to remember that I'm a peacemaker, but I tell you that because I want to solve things pretty quickly because it matters to me. Like if Carl's upset with me, I want to address that like quickly because it just bothers me. Now, there's some people that if somebody's mad at them, they don't care. <laughs> do you know anybody like that? I do. There's some people, they just don't care. It's like, I don't care what you say. I don't, it just doesn't bother because that's part of their personality. They're a different kind of personality than I am. And so uh, when, in my, my first go-around in marriage with Pastor Joanne, I remember when, when she was frustrated and upset about something, she wanted to wait because she knew that if we talked right away, she might say some things that she otherwise did not want to say. So she asked me, when I'm angry or we're upset, you need to give me time. But I wanted to solve everything right away. So we came up with a solution. It would help us in our marriage tremendously. We said, okay, 24 hours. In 24 hours, whoever's angry and whoever doesn't want to talk about it will bring up the subject in 24 hours and will at least address it so that I can know, okay, at least it's just 24 hours, not like a week. Anybody get the silent treatment for a week? It's not fun, <laughs> right? So at least it's 24 hours. But here's what the scripture is saying. Settle matters quickly. Because you know what happens? When, when, when you let it last longer, 
something starts happening inside of your heart. I still remember I had a, an issue with a, a particular gentleman. And every day that went by unresolved, the problem grew bigger. And in my mind, he became redder and redder with like horns sticking out and a tail and a pitchfork. Like I started seeing him as like the devil himself. The more I left the problem, it's just, I'm just upset. Jesus says, no, don't do that. Settle matters when? Quickly. Say quickly. Quickly. I know it's hard. And again, it was hard for Pastor Joanne. The compromise was 24 hours. But the idea is don't let it sit there. Settle matters quickly with the adversary who's taking you to court. Also, sometimes when we get upset and we want to get our way because we're right and I'm frustrated and and. And eventually something happens and you realize, you know what, maybe I should chill out. But I'm so upset that I just want to keep going and keep going and keep going. And eventually I could create a problem that is way bigger than the original scenario if I don't settle the matter quickly. So Jesus says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. It takes humility. Do it while you are still together on the way. Or you may end up in prison and you'll pay for everything. Jesus is saying anger can lead you to do some things that you'll have to pay for. It's not a, eventually you'll have to pay for it. Almost every time that I get so angry that I act out on my anger, something, I, I break something at the house or something happens. I still remember I, <laughs> I, was, I had this bookcase in, my old, in our old house full of books and I was trying to move it and it was just a fr one of those frustrating days I was just frustrated with every little thing I was just frustrated and I needed to move this thing and I just wanted to move it and I knew I probably should move it carefully but at some point I'm like come on I just need to move this boom and I just broke the whole thing boom all the books you know everything is everywhere for literally half a second of being angry I had to deal with this oh honey uh, uh, the thing is broken how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Almost every time that I let anger, it something happens, I'll always have to pay for it. By the way, it's true in relationships too. I've seen Sarah's eyes get really big when daddy has one second of uncontrolled anger. I don't want her to look, like, look at me like that ever again. Settle matters quickly. Jesus encourages his hearers to take the opportunity to quickly, that's the next villain, quickly resolve matters with difficult people in their life. Quickly resolve matters with difficult people in their life. The longer we wait, the worse it can get. The longer we wait, the worse it can get. Is this helping anybody this morning? Are you with me? This is Jesus talking, right? He's talking about anger. He's talking about issues that you and I have. And he wants to get practical. Say practical. Amen. The longer we wait, the worse it can get. So settle matters quickly now. I'm so thankful that when Pastor Joanne went to be with Jesus, we did not have any issues that were unresolved between us. Can I just tell you what a gift that is to me? Listen, there were other days that if either I had gone to be with Jesus or she had, we would have been in the middle of it. Are you with me? But by God's grace and mercy, we had talked everything out. We had settled all of our matters. <laughs> and we were at peace with each other. Oh, what a gift that is. What a gift that is. 
Next steps, we'll finish with this. And these are all the same fill-in. I just wanted to emphasize it for, for all of us this, this morning. The first one is, ask God to replace any anger inside you with his compassion and mercy. And listen, the only way that God can do that is through his son, Jesus Christ. You cannot deal with your anger issue. Here's what God does. He sends Jesus to come into our hearts, and he can become peace for us. Where there was anger, now Christ becomes peace. Christ in me is the hope of glory. One of those reasons is he gives us peace. There's a song that says, He gives beauty for ashes, grace for fear, gladness for mourning, peace for despair. That's what Jesus, he is the one. So ask God to replace any anger inside of you through Christ with his compassion and mercy. The next one, ask forgiveness from anyone who's been the victim of your anger. Ask for forgiveness. I'm so sorry I allowed that to happen. I'm so sorry I said what I said. Even if they hurt you, if you know that you've, there's something powerful about asking forgiveness of people. And then finally, ask yourself who you need to settle matters with and do it today. Is there any matters that need to be addressed in your life? And I would encourage you, today is a great day to do that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for your word. I pray that uh, you would just instill it in our hearts and in our minds. And we're so thankful, so thankful for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.